Hello and welcome to another week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries, the top podcast for exploring the social and uh, sociological issues facing vampires and humans in the year 1864 in Mystic Falls, Virginia. You know, you think it's a specific topic, but everything has something in the internet in the year 2017, but I'm pretty sure we're number one. Yes. So I am Claire, and I'm joined as always by my uh, guest guest host, my co-host Beth. You're just I ain't a no guest. guest here. You're Don't bring pro- me down, this Claire. This is like a probationary period. Our first twelve episodes. Uh, so tonight we are discussing the episode "Children of the Damned." And when we pulled it up on Netflix, Beth was immediately like, "Oh yes, this is going to be about Catherine." I knew it. Boy, were you right. This is so about Catherine. And okay, I know I say this frequently, but this was definitely the best episode. Whoa. Right? I mean, it was one of the best. Yeah. I wouldn't say necessarily it was number one. I don't know. I'm just blinded by what what just passed in front of my eyes. It was so good. (laughs) So in the last episode, we were lamenting that we haven't seen any 1864 flashbacks in a long time. And it was like we wished it into being. I know. Luckily, this one is full of 1864 Mm -hmm. flashbacks. And it starts off with one. uh, It has like a little card at the bottom of the screen. Mystic Falls, Virginia, 1864. And it's a darkened uh, road at night in a horse-drawn carriage comes upon a woman standing over a collapsed man and wailing. And it's Catherine, and she runs up and she says, Oh, my husband, my husband, please help! And then, of course, she kills both of the people in the carriage. Yeah, and it was super creepy because um, after she's finished sucking the blood of the carriage driver and the carriage passenger... She- she calls Damon out of like the woods and she's like, Well, Damon was the one lying in the road. She was like using him as a prop. Oh, that's true. All right. I see it. Yeah. We see where he learned that trick now of lying in the middle of the road. Oh yeah. That's a callback to like earlier episodes where that's how he lures people in. That was a Catherine 1864 invention. Oh, wow. Except back with like horse and buggies. Oh, the student becomes the master. Yeah. Right. So, Okay, so Damon stands up at that point then, and he's, like, looking over to Catherine, and Catherine's like, kiss me, and she has, like, all of the fresh blood on her mouth from the two people that she just attacked, and Damon's a little like, oh, I don't know. Pulls out a hanky to wipe her clean before they make out. Yeah, and she won't let him, which is, like, super aggressive and a little creepy but he's she's trying to get him ready because he keeps on saying i'm ready please turn me Catherine," and he's being like such a dork about it yeah it's real nerdy but she's like uh well you're gonna want this eventually so you might as well get used to it and so he just like straight up kisses her bloody mouth and it's gross it is and as claire said that is how a lot of diseases started (laughs) yes i think we have a Catherine 1864 to blame for the AIDS epidemic. Yes, if not more. Oh my goodness. Thanks a lot, Catherine. Yeah, that's not... (laughs) You've done a lot for us. (laughs) So that's uh, just a little teaser at the beginning of the episode. You know, we get our title card and then (laughs) we cut back to like right at the top of the episode, like the funniest moment. We see a shot of Stefan and Elena lying in Stefan's bed, like naked, holding each other. And there's a little blurb at the bottom saying, Mystic Falls, Virginia, present day. It's like, thanks for the heads up, Vampire Diaries. Like, it's clearly (laughs) present day. Like, we didn't need that. 
And don't try to distract me from the fact that Stefan and Elena are just having adult sleepovers. Like, it's clearly morning. Yeah. And, like, where is Aunt Jenna? Why isn't she concerned about this? I know. Aunt Jenna's too busy getting with Alaric. I guess so. So they're canoodling. Stefan and Elena are snuggling, making out. And um, Damon just, like, barges in. Like, good no, morning. he, like, silently slips in because suddenly he's, like, on the edge of the bed. <laughs> Yeah. And he just like butts into their conversation and they're like, whoa. Yeah, it was weird. He just invited himself in for sure. And uh, he says the word, like, they're like, you can't come in here. We're naked. Blah, blah. And he says, if I see something I haven't seen before, I'll throw a dollar at it. <laughs> Which is funny, but it also is like, okay, are you counting like Elena's bits as the same as having seen Catherine's oh. bits? And also, like, why have you seen Stefan naked so much that. You don't have to throw a dollar at it. That's true. I wasn't thinking about it like that. I was just thinking like nakedness in general for yeah. any human, but he's also, probably you, referring to that. You don't know that Elena doesn't have like tentacles growing out of her ass. I don't know that. I it's a mystery a down there. <laughs> Only Stefan knows and possibly that. So I think at this point, Damon is like, all right, people, like, stop canoodling. Like, we got work to do. We're all working towards a common goal. Because after last episode, they all kind of align that their goal is to get Catherine out of the tomb. Little does Damon know that Stefan and Elena aren't actually interested in helping him, but they want him to think that they're kind of on his side and want to get Mm -hmm. Catherine out too. So he assigns Elena to journal duty because it is the journal of her ancestors. So she's responsible for getting the journal of uh, Jonathan Gilbert away from Jeremy or Alaric or whoever the fuck Jeremy gave it to today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so he's going to go, I don't like, what is even his job just to, be an asshole i think so i think their like collective job is just to like find the grimoire and like Mm -hmm. the first step is for elena to get the journal um and then elena was finally like well what the fuck is a grimoire anyway and i was like thanks girl because i'm not 100 percent sure either but it's essentially a witch's cookbook says damon it's a place where witches write down all of their spells and or recipes if you will um, because they're each unique to an individual witch and that's how they remember and or document uh what they're doing I hate to go off topic. No, I love to go off topic. I just realized that the beer that I'm drinking expired in March. What? Where'd and I you... just bought it today at Walgreens. Oh, Thanks damn a Walgreens. Lot, Walgreens. If I die, my this is in, you know, this is on the internet. This is forever. Yes. We're going down. But I'm going to keep drinking it. Does it taste all right? Yeah. That's good. March wasn't too long ago, but that still ain't right if you're paying full price. Yeah. Rude. Anyway, so yes, the grimoire. Everybody is now obsessed with the grimoire. It's the new very important crystal. It is. Which does pop up briefly in this episode, which delighted me. that's right. Uh, But I think we then just go straight into another flashback. But not before Damon says that he likes the kinky menage a threesome thing that they've got going on. I could request that. Uh, It was very creepy. So he's leaving the room and he like makes a mention of that to Stefan and Elena. And And somehow it hasn't killed their boner because they then just start making out again. I and think this like, goes back to, like, how David and Stefan, like, have, like, secret feelings for each other. Yeah, it's just 
gross. It but was. It does lead to a really clever transition where Stefan and Elena start making it out again. Yes. And pull the sheets over their heads, which nobody would do that. It's hot and sweaty under there. Yeah. What are you thinking? But then it transitions into uh, Stefan, or is it, is it Damon it's, or Stefan? It's Damon it's making Damon, out with Catherine. Damon and Catherine mm-hmm. emerging from under the sheets and they're making out and she's face bonering at him and yeah like it's weird because she's face bonering at him but doing like i mean they're like doing other things yeah. but, but she like kisses at him yeah it's like he's like getting off on seeing her face boner like yeah. alone she like pounces on top of him and is like <laughs> <laughs> i know oh my and god he has, like this like his 1864 hair is like this lord byrony like yeah curls kind of like Benedict Cumberbatch and Sherlock, except a little <laughs> less curly, but they both have the serial killer eyes. I don't know how I got here, <laughs> but they're interrupted uh, by a knock on the door, and Catherine's just like, "Come in!" Yeah, while she's straddling Damon, wearing like a boob pushing corset that clearly came from like the Halloween store. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's Emily, uh, who we haven't really seen since she was in the Pentagram of Fire. Uh, so welcome back, Bianca Lawson. And she just comes in and is like, Miss Pearl is here to see you. And then she just kind of stands there staring at them for a while. And it was like, like a little too long. That's it. That's all, Emily. You can go. And she just like smirks and leaves. I'm like, this, talk about kinky menage a threesome. Right. I know. So then Catherine kind of like gets dressed real quick and then goes downstairs but her outfit is, like, on point. It's this, like, crazy green corset, like, hoop skirt yeah. number. She looks so good. It's, like, you would expect three minutes ago that she was just in bed, like, straddling someone and hissing at them. She must have zoomed while she was getting dressed. She must have. I forgot her vampire abilities because I was like, I guess that she already had the underlying, underlying corset on. So that's, like, the most labor-intensive oh, good point. part. Side note. I've never worn an actual corset, but I've worn, like, close enough that I know how uncomfortable it would be to be in one. Why would you want to be wearing one while, like, in a sexual situation? That would be so painful. It really would. And I feel like, I don't know, I don't know about 1864 that much, but I feel like women probably thought that that's how they looked best and that they needed to look like that like during sexual encounters it's like the only bone you should be worrying about during sex is like the man's dick you shouldn't have to worry about the whale bones crushing your rib cage that's true and there was actually i was i went to the um feminism museum in Asheville a couple years ago and they had a whole exhibit on corsets and like the damage that they did to women yeah and it actually like crushed people's organs and like rearranged things like uh, of their innards Mm -hmm. it's bananas there are people who do that on purpose now they're called corset trainers yeah I learned this of course from Instagram RuPaul's Drag Race oh okay I just see them all the celebs on Instagram wearing them oh well yeah one of the recent winners of RuPaul's Drag Race was a waist trainer who was already very skinny but would get like a waist that I could put just my both my hands around it and it was really freaky no that is like a 21 year old dude and I'm like I guess beard truest self but at what cost yeah i don't know i i don't know i don't think i would wear one just because i don't want internal damage i mean there are many reasons that i probably wouldn't put on like a true corset but yeah 
I've, I mean, I've worn a bustier, which is as close as I want to get. Yeah, I don't even know that I know, like, what what defines a corset? Like, boning and then, like, the, the and tie the, like, the lacing the up. I yeah. think so, yeah. Gotcha. So, anyway, enough about corsets. Uh, yes. Pearl has come to call, which, again, makes me think of RuPaul's Drag Race and Pearl, <laughs> who is on the same season as the waist trainer. Ah, uh, yes. So, I'm, like, watching this and imagining Pearl the drag queen in the role of Pearl, the 1864 vampire. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> uh, Pearl has come. She's friends with Catherine. She's also a vampire. And she's worried about uh, Catherine making a spectacle of herself fucking a pair of brothers. Yes. So Catherine is like, Emily, please tell Mr. Salvatore that I'll be stepping away for a few minutes. And Emily's like, which one? Like, oh, because we know that she's getting with both Damon and Stefan. Apparently, I'm just now picturing that, like, they were each in their bedroom, like, naked. And she kept on going back and forth, like, oh, pardon me. I must attend to something in this room. I will resume our intercourse shortly. And then she, like, pops into Stefan's room and, like, gets with him for a minute. And she's like, oh, I smell something burning. And then she goes back to Damon. <laughs> like a like a romantic comedy sitcom type situation. Oh, yeah, like, a, like when one person goes on two dates. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So she's just fucking... Two brothers at the same time in separate rooms. Uh, I, so is she at the Salvatore boarding house at, at this I think point? they're at the Salvatore Manor. At like, the Salvatore Manor, yeah. They kind of talk a little bit about how she came to town presenting herself as this poor orphan and the Salvatores took her in. She's, yes. So she's living with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, why. She must have done some compelling to make that make any sense to anybody. Yeah, probably. But That's this scene situation. is important because we find out that... Um, as Claire mentioned, Catherine is friends with Pearl, and we also find out that Pearl is the town apothecary. Mm-hmm. Apothecarian? What is the, like, person version of apothecary? Dr. Feelgood. Dr. Feelgood, yes. So, um, and then we also find out that Pearl has a daughter uh, named Annabelle. And if you drop that bell, yep. you get Anna, Jeremy's sneaky vampire stalker it all comes full circle holy shit yeah so anna is now anna 1864 in my mind she has joined the ranks of catherine and emily so she was like the young fresh-faced teen daughter of pearl and she's just kind of hanging around in the background petting a horse or something wearing like (laughs) a like sister wife type outfit yep while Catherine and Pearl argue about whether it's a good idea for her to, like, openly fuck both Salvatore brothers. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, you know, you think you're being so sneaky, but this uh, elixir is something that somebody or other in the town ordered extra of. And <laughs> Here, Catherine, why don't you try it? Oh, yeah. And that was, like, a bitch move. And I was like, I love you, Pearl. I know. That was so good. <laughs> so Catherine takes it, and she drops some on her arm. And it's Vervain, and she's burned. And she's like, what the fuck? Vervain? I was just, I thought, I was expecting Catherine to just drink it. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, the, if someone handed me an elixir, I would drink it. I wouldn't mm-hmm. put it on my skin. It's not perfume. <laughs> right? So we're very happy that we had a couple of 1864 flashbacks, but then we pop back over to present day and we see new vampire slash bartender Ben um, <laughs> hanging out with Anna in what presumes to be their home slash hotel room. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. 
And he's wearing a towel, and his I think it's supposed to be sexy, but he just looks like a loaf of bread. And he also <laughs> is like the dumbest shit of all time. He just goes over to the window and opens the curtain and burns himself on the sun. And Anna's oh, yeah. just sitting there. She's like, dude, you got to stop doing that. I'm I like, know. how many times a day does Ben burn himself on the sun? <laughs> it seemed like a lot from Anna's reaction, for sure. Like, how are you? How was Noah the dumb one who got killed? Like, how dumb must he have been if you're like the good one who's left? Right? So true. So in this scene, um, we find out that Ben is like somewhat of a new vampire and he kind of is asking Anna, like, why did you turn me? Like, there are plenty of vampires in this town who could give you or <laughs> plenty of bartenders in this town who, who could give vampires. you the who could be future vampires and give you the information that you're looking for. Cause as we know, Anna's looking for information about people who've been in the town for a long time and finding like the details of how to get that damn tomb open. Um, so Anna drops a horrible truth bomb on Ben and she's like, Ben, sorry, you lacked purpose and you needed me. And that's why I turned you into a and vampire. You sad. And you looked sad. Oh, that's like the worst part of that. It's like he was a sad directionless townie. And she, so on the one hand, it's kind of like what Damon said to Vicky. Like, yep. you're really sad. I can, you know, make things better for you. You'll be better as a vampire. So she, you know, gave him purpose and all that shit. But it also, like, damn, that could be Matt Donovan as we oh, yeah. discussed last week. I know. Oh, Matt and Caroline were not in this episode, were they? They weren't. They were probably just out fucking. Or Matt was just being really mean and Caroline was apologizing for it. Probably while they were fucking. Probably. (laughs) So, yeah, Anna's, like, sitting there texting Jeremy because she's still trying to get the journal. And Ben's just like, why are you talking to Jeremy? Isn't that the journal in your hand? But it's obviously not the right journal. It's, like, her ancestor's journal. Yeah. So it's not really firing on all cylinders on (laughs) Team Anna, but she's, she's trying. So I think next uh, we go back to Elena's house and she has uh, Stefan over and they're talking about their grand plan to dupe Damon. And Elena is saying that she kind of feels sorry for him, like that he can't get his girlfriend back and that they're lying to him. Oh, yeah. And Stefan was kind of like, I'm sorry, but for 145 years, every time I let my guard down, Damon like totally fucked me over. So he's not about to hear Elena's like sympathies for Damon about how she feels like they're lying to him. Yeah. And Stefan basically says like, hey, if we like let Damon do this, a lot of fucking people will die. So we got to look yeah. out for number one. Yeah. And while they're having this conversation, they're looking through some boxes of Gilbert heirlooms trying to oh, find yeah. the journal because they don't know that Jeremy has it yet because they don't keep up to date with Jeremy's extra credit projects. <laughs> But How dare them? <laughs> Jeremy comes in, he's like, what are you guys doing? That is literally how he sounded. I feel like we should get a soundbite for this episode. Yeah, there's a scene later where he's like, oh, hey, Stefan. I, I definitely <laughs> need to find that, a soundbite Maybe that. that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. There's one scene where he just sounds so dopey when he's like say, greeting yeah. someone. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they say that they're looking for, they're feeling nostalgic or Elena's feeling nostalgic and looking through old stuff Mm -hmm. and somehow they get on the topic of the journal and Jeremy's like, Oh yeah, I just wrote an extra credit paper on it. Mr. Saltzman has it now. And 
He doesn't think it's at all weird that, like, literally everybody he's talked to in the last two days has asked him about this journal that, like, they, nobody had heard of until, like, a week ago. And now, like, everyone has, like, a giant boner for it, and they all want to read it. And, and it Jeremy just really out. should be, like, making this work to his advantage. Like, what are you going to give me for it? Obviously, it's a hot commodity, supply and demand. Very true. But as we know, Jeremy doesn't have that kind of insight. <laughs> But yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Mr. Saltzman has it. And they start, like, really in hardcore, like, who else knows about the journal? And he's like, oh, just my friend Anna. I'm meeting her at the grill later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, I think that might be from a later scene, but it happens at some point. Yeah, it happens, like, at their house. It might have been, like, a little tidy bit later, but <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. Uh, but before that happens, we have another flashback. I, there are transitions from what's happening in present day into the flashbacks, but I care so much more about the flashbacks than I do about present day. Yeah, I don't remember them. But the next flashback is of some of the founding fathers of Mystic Falls having a confab. It's uh, Jonathan Gilbert. I forget what the dude's first name is, but the Fell guy. Uh-huh. Or no, 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 the Lockwood guy. Oh yeah, Lockwood and Giuseppe Salvatore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you heard that right, Giuseppe. <laughs> So uh, Italian. That's how uh, Stefan knows how to make mozzarella. Indeed. Giuseppe Mozzarella Salvatore. <laughs> uh, so that's Stefan and Damon's dad. And so they're talking about the vampire problem. And one of them is like, oh, I think the church idea could work. Foreshadowing, I guess. Yeah. And one of them is like, when are you going to tell your kids, Giuseppe? Like, we need them on our team. He's like, oh, don't worry. You can count on them. And Stefan comes and is like, hey, dad, what's up? Yeah, like, can we hang? (laughs) Yeah. So it's, you know, a younger, simpler, more innocent and human time for the Salvatore family. But trouble's a Bruin. Absolutely. So I think um, back in the present day, what's happening is that Alaric is at the school Mm -hmm. with... um, Jonathan Gilbert's journal so he's like literally creeping around in the teacher's lounge in the dark making copies of the journal like girl you're the only person who works at the school you can turn on the lights I know I was like maybe he's not supposed to be there after hours but it's like who's monitoring the school like, like this town has a million murders they're not like <laughs> monitoring the school for so the ghost someone making copies Mr. Tanner Ooh, that could be true <laughs> Yeah, so he photocopies the journal for some mm-hmm. reason. I guess so he can read it after he gives it back to Jeremy. Exactly. So we kind of get this like creepy feeling first because all of the lights are off, but mm-hmm. then we see that there's someone zooming in the background and we don't really know who it is. Um, but then we see that it's actually Anna zooming around. So Alaric can tell that somebody's zooming, so he pulls out this fucking crazy weapon <laughs> that's like an air-compressed stake shooter and shoots a wooden stake out into the ether. But luckily, Stefan just happens to be there because we learned from Jeremy that Alaric has the um, has the journal. So Stefan presumably heads over to the school immediately. How he knew to do that, like that's besides the point. But anyway, he catches the stake in his hand and he's like, ooh, we gots to talk Alaric. <laughs> and he pushes him into some desks and then is like, sit down. And Alaric, like, sits in one of the, like, the little student desks. Yeah, but it was, like, so weird because he was, like, already, like, holding on to the desk and, like, 90% sitting. So when Stefan said sit down, he only had to move his ass, like, 
like <laughs> one inch to formally sit. That was kind of funny. He resisted for a bit. <laughs> he did. So Stefan pretty much is like, like, what's going on here? Like, who are you? Um, like, why are you here? And we kind of get into that whole thing. Is th- is this the right point to talk about this? I don't know if we have like five more flashbacks before this happens. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He he's like, don't worry, I'm not gonna kill you as long as you don't try to get me with your mar- marshmallow shooter. <laughs> and he like gives it back to him as a sign of good faith. Yeah. And he asks how long uh, Alaric has known that he's a vampire. So true. So Alaric is pretty much like, oh well, I've met your brother Damon. Um, and I know that he killed my wife. <laughs> she was a parapsychologist, which yes. apparently is a person who is a psychologist for the paranormal. I just picture her as being Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures now. Yes, exactly. At me, Zach, please. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently she was investigating paranormal activity in Virginia. Oh, or, that's right. Well, I don't even know if she was in Virginia, but anyway, she got killed and he witnessed Damon draining her blood. So Stefan's like, well, if you are here to get revenge on Damon, you know, even though I hate him and want him out of here, that's not going to work for me. Yes. Because as much as they hate each other, Stefan and Damon will always stop just short of wishing the other dead. So that's sweet. But Alaric just says he wants to know what happened to his wife's body. Yeah, so Stefan is pretty much like, I will help you as long as you, like, aren't here for revenge. And you have to stay away from Damon. If he finds out what you're after, he will kill you. In one second. Alaric's like, oh, sure, please. He's just some (laughs) uh, alpha male douchebag like Mayor Lockwood. Wait, Alaric (laughs) is? No, it's Damon. Oh, okay. I was worried that you were saying that about Alaric. I, oh my gosh. I I know you would have been so mad if I was insulting your boyfriend. I would have. I almost stormed out of this recording studio. <laughs> this dining room. <laughs> so yeah, they're kind of, you know, they achieve an understanding mm-hmm. that Damon won't be killed, but uh, Stefan will try to find out what the fuck happened to Isabel's body. So I think then we do get another flashback of, uh, well, there's a, there's a lead in some, uh, I think Alaric is reading the journal and it's Jonathan Gilbert being like, I saw the most beautiful creature again today Oh, and it's Pearl. So back in the day in 1864, uh, Jonathan Gilbert had a crush on Pearl, not knowing that she was a vampire. And so, it, like, she was at the general store with Catherine, and Jonathan strolled up, and it was like, oh, can I trouble you for a moment of your time, Miss Pearl? And she says something like, oh, yes, I've been waiting for you to explain the comet to me. <laughs> yeah, like, what? It's like, even in 1864, ladies were like, oh, yes, man, please teach me. Science is hard. <sighs> I know. Come on, Pearl. You're a vampire. Get it together. Also, you're like a mad scientist woman who can come up with crazy elixirs. Like, you don't need Jonathan Gilbert, of all people, to teach you about the comet. I just equate Jonathan Gilbert with Jeremy. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just think that they're, like, more or less the same person. Pretty much. So, yeah, Jonathan Gilbert had a major penis boner, not to be mistaken for face boner, uh, for Pearl. In 1864, and she had a little bit of a crush back, 
And there's like a little cute moment where she goes off with Jonathan and Catherine's standing there with Annabelle and Emily. And she says, oh, Annabelle, it looks like your mother has an admirer. And they all giggle. Yeah, which is like a weird thing to say to a child, I think. Eh, she's a teen. Yeah, I looks guess. Looks like you're going to have a new father soon, Annabelle. <laughs> Congratulations. Good job. <laughs> So that's just a quick little glimpse into some, you know, 1864 romance, mm-hmm. which I'm sure will end very well. Uh, and then we moved to the scene and Beth and I were so confused when this happened because it seemed like a scene that happened after maybe like three episodes worth of plot buildup. Because right? it's the Gilbert kitchen and Jenna's like sitting on the counter drinking a giant glass of red wine and Damon is in there just cooking like, is he also using his own homemade mozzarella? I don't know. But they're just, like, talking like they know each other. And, like, have they even met before? No, I don't think so. And, like, Damon is, like, refilling her Tammy Taylor-sized glass of wine. Like, it is crazy. And she's, like, making eyes at him. And he's, like, telling her, like, a nice story or some shit. And I'm like, so wait, weird. why is Damon in Elena's house? And why is he, like, hanging with Aunt Jenna? It's just so weird. So... I guess eventually, like, they allude to the fact that they're having family night and Stefan and Elena are coming over soon. But it's just, like, you don't go from, like, hating Damon and, like, having him, like, kill your best friend, a.k.a. Lexi, to having him, like, cook dinner with your girlfriend's family. Well, I don't think Stefan knew he was going to be there. I think Damon just kind of invited himself. Oh, okay. Well, that's also really weird. How? Who do you talk to? I don't know. He's probably just, like, spying all the time. Yeah. Maybe he, like, introduced himself to Aunt Jenna and was like, we could have a family night or something. And Aunt Jenna has, like, no sense of when somebody is, like, not welcome. She just Anybody who will refill her wine glasses welcome in her kitchen. Oh, that was, like, a Claire Haley burn of the first degree. Hey, I'm not going to judge. If you want to refill my wine glass, I don't care how many people you've murdered, as long as you don't murder me That's and keep true. the wine flowing. <laughs> oh my goodness. So then, I guess, Damon, like, finishes cooking dinner. Elena and Stefan arrive, and they're kind of like, what's going on? Okay. I mean, in the, at this time... Damon has been sitting on the couch with Jeremy playing Xbox. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, have they met? Because they, like, his rapport with Aunt Jenna and Jeremy is just, like, totally natural. Like, they've known each other for a thousand years. And, like, as far as I know, the only interaction Damon and Jeremy have had was when he brainwashed him. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that must have been weird because they didn't show us that scene. Yeah. But assuming Jeremy doesn't remember it. No, but... What? How did Jeremy react at first when Damon just like walked into his room? <laughs> he was probably like, "Hey, babe." Probably, <laughs> probably. Yeah, it's super weird. But he's beating Jeremy at video games, which makes Jeremy mad. And then, as soon as Stefan knocks on the door, Damon gets up, and Jeremy's like, "Dude, we're not done playing." Ugh, it's so weird. So I think this is the scene where Jeremy tells them about how he told Anna about the diary. Yes, and he said that um, Anna knows about the diary and that she's, like, the cute stalker chick that is more hot than weird. Um, Damon told Jeremy that hot trumps weird and he should go for it. Ugh. I don't like that whole trope, and I feel like it's very prominent in television. This might be, like, a Wire Men segment early, but... It's like How I Met Your Mother. Exactly, the crazy hot, like, chart or whatever that they have. Ugh, I know. Yeah, I don't like it. 
How I Met Your Mother is a problematic fave for me. I know. I love it, but also Barney Stinson belongs in jail. <laughs> Very true. Many times over. Yeah. Usually we're talking about other vampire shows, but How I Met Your Mother, you're not immune. <laughs> and, I mean, this doesn't mean anything to you, but How I Met mm-hmm. Your Mother had, like, a lot of Buffy actors. Oh, uh, yeah. So Allison I, I associate it with that. Who else besides Lily? Oh, it was mostly guest stars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you think it was because, like, she was friends with them kind of thing? I don't know. I I guess. Yeah. I always kind of hoped that the mother would eventually be played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, but it didn't Oh, happen. my God. That would have been cool. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, uh, my favorite thing from the conversation between Damon and Aunt Jenna is, like, they're talking about relationships, I guess. And she's like, oh, yeah, I have terrible taste in men. Logan fell. Ugh. And David's like, oh, yeah, he disappeared, right? And she says, oh, no, he's out sunning himself in the Bahamas. Those fells are all so spoiled. <laughs> yeah, that was, like, so weird. I'm like, so who sent that email? Oh, dear Aunt Jenna, I am sorry, but I have to go to the Bahamas. Have a nice life. Love, Logan. I love, I love that the was it email is just Aunt Jenna. Yeah. From Logan. Oh my god, so good. So yeah, it's a really interesting and fun family night at the Gilbert house with Uncle Damon. It is. Oh, Uncle Damon, don't. I hate that. As if Damon needed another, like, title or anything. Ugh. <laughs> so while all of that is happening, uh, Bonnie is on her date that we kind of forgot about with oh, yeah. uh, Vampire Ben, bartender of the Mystic Grill. And even though he scoffed at karaoke last week, apparently they did go to karaoke and he tried to sing Metallica because he's an idiot. Yeah. Luckily, we didn't have to see that, though. He just, yeah. like, reflects upon it after he's done singing. And, and that's then he says, see them in the next time I'm going to do Pearl Jam. And I'm like, is that a reference to Pearl? <laughs> <laughs> and not no spoilers, but... A Pearl Jam song does eventually, maybe five seasons from now, come to factor into a Bonnie plotline. Oh, maybe it's a very foreshadowing. Obscure. Yeah, and it didn't occur to me until just now, but that's one of my favorite story arcs for Bonnie. Anyway, so they're on a date, they're flirting, Bonnie thinks it's going really well, Elena calls to check in, and she's like, oh, I just want to lay one on him. And Elena tells her to go for it, and this whole time we know that vampire ben is like making out with anna on the side and Mm -hmm. he's just using her and it's like bonnie i know it's bonnie it's bonnie one of my favorite things about this scene is that elena was like you're a powerful witch goddess you could do whatever you want and i'm like (laughs) yeah i know it's so good oh also in the conversation on this date bonnie drops like a really intense comment like she mentions elena and he's like, oh, Elena Gilbert? I kind of remember her. You guys would always be hanging out. And Bonnie says, she's my sister. I'd die for her. Yes, she like, brought it there. Chill yourself, Bonnie. Like, no one asked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't advertise that, especially to a vampire. Oh, and I keep on saying, again, I have a new favorite part of this scene. But in the whole phone conversation between Bonnie and Elena is great. <laughs> Elena closes it by saying, seize the day, Broomhilda. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It, it's just, 
that whole scene was great. Absolutely. <sighs> so I think that while Bonnie and Ben are on their date, after family night ends, um, Jeremy and Anna are on kind of a meetup date at the Mystic Grill, mm-hmm. playing some pool. Yeah. And uh, Damon spies them from across the room because he wants to find out who this Anna chick is that Jeremy told about the journal. Exactly. And he sees her and recognizes her. And we get another flashback. Uh, I believe in this one, Catherine is talking to Pearl, and I guess Damon's there too. And all I really remember from this one is that Pearl is talking about how she just just saw Jonathan Gilbert and... Catherine says, did he try to put his hands on you again? <laughs> and Pearl says, doesn't he always? Oh my gosh. Like, ah! I know. Consent wasn't any more common in 1864 than it was now. Which no. I guess is to be expected. But keep it in your pants, Jonathan Gilbert. Yes, but what's unexpected is that it's not that much different today. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, Damon recognizes Anna and is like, oh shit, like this is not just some high school girl like she's from 1864 i'm gonna have to get to the bottom of this um so then i think that we also hop back to another flashback between stefan and his dad giuseppe so stefan goes up to giuseppe and he's like hey pops how's it going and giuseppe's like come in stefan come in so stefan goes up to his dad and he's like i've been thinking about like our plan to rile up and kill all of the vampires or round up and kill all the vampires if you will and um we don't really know about every vampire like what if some of them are good just what we know about some of them like can't reflect on how all of them are and And i'm just like stefan you idiot and like earlier in one of the other flashbacks he had a conversation with damon where he was like i want to tell dad like he'd probably understand if we explained it to him and Damon is like, don't you fucking dare say a word. Promise me. Yeah. And Stefan promises he won't. But so. he does. Like, he doesn't, like, straight up out Catherine. But he's like, there could be some good vampires. And you and we don't know. And you taught us to question, like, and not judge people. And then Stefan's dad, Giuseppe, was pretty much like, these creatures are demons from the deepest depths of hell. <laughs> and then, like, hands him a whiskey. And that's, like, the end of the conversation. And my question here is, like, how do they know anything about vampires in the first place in Mystic Falls? So I know that they said that there have been, like, a lot of deaths. Yeah, but, like, they seem to have information that predates Catherine. I'm like... Like, yeah. What was going on? Like, they seem to know all these things. They know about Vervain. They already have the compass. Yeah, it's weird. What I thought was weird is that only women are vampires in 1864, too. Yeah. Like, the people that they were able to identify. Interesting. I didn't even notice that. Mm. So I think we hop back to the present. So now that Damon, like, has recognized Anna, um, he kind of shows up at her weird hotel room home with Ben and they get into like a choking match. Yeah, they just choke each other out for a minute and not in a sexy way. Yeah, so essentially what happens here is that Damon is asking Anna for the journal because he needs it to get the um, the tomb open to get Catherine 1864 out. And Anna's like, great, now we could work together because we both want to work towards the common goal. So I presume that Anna wants the tomb open because her mom is in there. 
Yeah, there's not really any other obvious reason she would want it open unless yeah. she also is in love with Catherine, <laughs> which you never know. <laughs> I know. At this point, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, but Damon was like, sorry, girl, I work alone, and then just takes the journal and walks out of the hotel room, and Anna's like, foiled again. And Damon's thinking he's on top of the world and so ahead of the curve, but when he left family night, oh, that's Stefan right. pulled Elena aside and was like, guess what? Alaric photocopied the journal. Let's read it. And so they are reading it and reading it and reading it. They get to a passage where it says, I gave the uh, grimoire to Giuseppe, who said he would take it to his grave. And we had to have this whole flashback. I think that's where the flashback about uh, Stefan talking to his dad happens. You're right. Because he's like, oh, that reminds me. And like as part of that conversation, Giuseppe was like, oh, I was just writing scribblings in my journal. I have all these secrets that I will take with me to my grave. And Seven has to think about it really hard for a minute with like the cogs turning in his head. He's like, I know where it is. And you think it's going to be like some kind of riddle, but no, it's literally in <laughs> Giuseppe's grave. Like, yes. There was no alternate meaning. Like, why did you have to have an entire flashback and think about this really hard? I know it's right on the nose. There's no symbolism here. He literally took it with him to his grave. So Stefan and Elena go to Giuseppe's grave and they have like this giant torch with them. I'm like, you couldn't like have a flashlight. I was thinking the same thing. Like they have the torch and then they like light a side fire to like. And I'm like, vampires are flammable, you know, not a great idea. So true. So they start to do some romantic couples grave digging. Yeah. And Elena's like, oh, well, this is a first. (laughs) Claire and I were like, oh, this is the first time that you've hug out with your boyfriend and dug up his dead father's grave. I know I've done it on like every date I've been on since my dad died. I know. I feel like that's like the number one date in like every BuzzFeed list for mm-hmm. couples. Yeah. It's like offbeat bride, like offbeat date. <laughs> yes. Grave digging. So Stefan and Elena are digging away um, and essentially they like come to the coffin if you will so stefan pops it open and it's just like a classroom skeleton in there like (laughs) hey dad and it's like clutching this like old grimy box yeah it was like the only thing that he literally took to his grave yes so they pull that out open it up and the grimoire is inside and they start like paging through it but then damon shows up and is like well shit guess i have been fooled I know. And Stefan was like, hey, don't give me that lip because you wouldn't be here right now if you... If you hadn't been planning on not telling me. Exactly. Like, they were each withholding the information from each other. Exactly. They both came there independently of one another, so they neither of them had the other's interest in mind or to loop them in on this project. But then Damon gets real. He's like, I'm not surprised that you pulled this shit on me, Stefan, considering what happened in fucking 1864. But Elena, that really surprised me. Oh, yeah. Because he, like, quizzed her at family night. Like, is Stefan telling the truth? And she was as shifty as possible about it. She's like, oh, yeah, of course he's telling the truth. Like, looking, darting her eyes back and forth and then, like, immediately turning away. Yeah, like, she's not a good liar. For some reason... Damon thought that Elena, who doesn't want the tomb open, was telling the truth to him about this. And it really hurt his feeties. Sorry, Damon. But not sorry. Yeah, so they get into it. Damon's pissed. And he's like, well, you're going to give that to me. And Stefan's like, no, we can't let you do it. So predictably, Damon goes and grabs Elena. 
But Stefan's like, I know that you won't kill her. And he's like, you're right, but I'll do this. And then he force feeds her some of his own blood and is like, I will stab her goddamn neck. Uh, and we know that that's the first step to becoming a vampire. And he also creepily says, and then we'll have ourselves a vampire girlfriend. Like, stop, like, insinuating that you want to have a threesome with your brother and a woman. I know. This is, like, the second time in this episode alone. Well, actually, like, the eighth time because there is a lot of, like, insinuation from Catherine. Yeah, it's. Once was too much. Very true. So Stefan's like, fucking fine, have the grimoire, and <laughs> Damon runs away with it. Bye, Damon. Wah, wah. So I think then we turn to our, um, one of our last f- flashbacks. Um, oh yeah, because Stefan's like, with Lena later, you know, he's right. I really did, like, buck him over back then. Exactly. So he kind of, I guess, explains, and we see the flashback. Yeah, so Damon, or no, Stefan is in his room with Catherine, and they're, like, getting a little freaky, <laughs> and he's like, I want you all to myself, and she's like, no, like, I want to be with Damon, too, because I'm selfish, and, like, I get whatever I want, and I make the rules, and it was, like, super weird. And then she says, and I can do this, and then she just, like, kisses his sternum, and he moans like she's sucking his dick. I know. Well, I that's what, I thought it was, like, a representation of, like, I was sucking like, are they dick. trying to suggest that that's what's happening? But, like... It was like, because she wasn't even kissing like low on his stomach. It was like, no, on his chest. Yeah, it was like the area like between your belly button and your boobs. Like, it like wasn't even like a sexy area. Well, what do you call guys' boobs? Nipples. (laughs) Nipples. All right. (laughs) Two episodes in a row, we're talking about nipples. Yep. Hey, but we are recording them on the same night. That's true. On your brain. Probably. But yeah. So she then goes in to bite him and starts drinking his blood, but then she starts retching, like, ah, ah, for vein. Yeah. So Stefan's like, what? So he, he, like, like, stands up. <laughs> and he's wearing, like, these breeches, and there's, like, a really good shot of him, like, bent over her. It's, it's a good ass shot. Yes. Absolutely. I was, uh, uh, like, surprised that you didn't call it out. Since I know how you feel about Stefan. I do. I feel that way about Stefan. I can picture it in my mind now. I don't know why I didn't call it out. I was just like so enthralled with this episode. Yeah. I could barely like keep up with what was happening <laughs> like in real time. Yeah. So then fucking Stefan's dad just like barges in, right? Yeah. And it's like, it seems like he knew that Stefan and Damon were both fucking her. He's like not surprised to find them in a compromising position. But he basically says that he roofied Stefan's drink with Vervain, which I guess is where he learned that trick for later with Caroline. And yeah, because like he suspected and they drag Catherine away. Yeah. So he's like, vampires are the bane of our existence. They all need to be killed. They put this fucking crazy like mouth. It's like a guard. Hannibal Lecter mask. It is. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then they cart Catherine away in a cart. Um, <laughs> yes, they do. Yes. So then Damon like runs up to Stefan and he's like, you said you wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Like you like promised, like this is horrible. And Stefan like feels pretty guilty that Catherine is getting taken away, not just because he'll miss her, but that Damon was relying on him to keep the secret because it seems like Damon maybe had a little bit more feelings for Catherine than Stefan yeah. did. Well, according to him, he wasn't being uh, compelled 
So I guess his love is more pure. Oh, that's true. See, I wasn't sure if I should believe Damon, like if he knew he Mm. was being compelled or not, but that is a good point. Well, he seemed like appropriately nervous during the opening scene with the carriage. Yeah. That like he was trying to be brave. So I felt like it was true. Yeah, no, I, think I honestly that you're don't right. remember for sure if they ever say one way or another. Gotcha. But I, I think that it's true. So I think it like flashes a little bit to later that night, and Anna is having this memory now. So it's in a different scene, I guess, technically, but it follows on this. So mm-hmm. like all the townspeople have like torches and pitchforks, like literally, and they're rounding up the vampires and. Pearl and Anna are watching, and she's like, Anna, you need to hide yourself uh, and go find Emily. I'm going to go and take care of this. Yeah. So Jonathan Gilbert comes running up, and he's like a little kid. He's so excited. He's like, we found so many demons. It's so exciting. Blah, blah. And he's holding the compass in his hand, and it just points right at Pearl, and he's like, fuck. Yeah, and she's like, Jonathan, please. Because they've, like, had feelings for one another. Mm-hmm. And, like, you see him kind of hesitate for a moment, like, will I or won't I? And then he just calls out, like, I found another! Ugh. And then all of the t- all of the town's men come and take uh, Pearl away. Yeah, and they put a muzzle on her, too. And oh Anna's, like, standing there with Emily, like, hidden behind a tree. And she's starting to scream, but Emily puts a hand over her mouth and says, I'm going to protect them. Don't worry, you'll see her again. Exactly. So we see that Stefan's looking at Anna and Emily at the moment. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the transition back into present day. Yeah. And I guess we kind of skipped over the end of Bonnie's date. Oh, that's that is very true. (laughs) Yeah. So it's kind of related to what happens next. So Bonnie is at the girl with Ben and he's like, hey, so do you want to, what do you want to do now? And she says, this. And then she just, like, pulls his face in and kisses him. But half a second later, she, like, stops. Because as happened with Stefan, she felt, like, the cold death, like, vibrating from within him. Yeah, like, something ain't right. <laughs> so she knows that he's a vampire now. And she tries to play it off, like, oh, sorry, I just should have, I'm embarrassed. I should have waited hey, let's get some coffee and then go do something crazy. She's actually being very, very slick, like a lot yeah. more slick than Anna managed to be last week with all her like subterfuge. But Very true. <laughs> she says she's going to go to the bathroom first and she tries to sneak away, but Ben Vampire zooms and drags her away. Yeah, so bon- we end the scene of Bonnie with like her just getting kidnapped. Yeah. And then uh, Stefan and Elena are back at the Gilbert house and he like goes downstairs to do something and Jeremy and Aunt Jenna are there. Jeremy has like three Xbox games in his hand. <laughs> He's like, Oh, Hey, where'd she go? And they're like, and Stefan's like, she, and this is the scene actually where he, he does the, hi, Stefan. Oh, oh, hi, Stefan. Insert stunned clip here. Oh, hey, Stefan. And so yeah, Stefan's like, who? And he says, oh, my friend Anna. And then Stefan realizes that Anna is Anna. And he's like, oh, shit, Anna's in the house. And Elena's alone upstairs. So he runs upstairs, but Elena is gone. She's gone. They're both kidnapped. By Bonnie, by Elena. Yeah. So that is our cliffhanger for this week. It's so good. It put us in such a good spot because I feel like now we know that 
the church burning was probably Catherine and Pearl and like any of the other followers that like mm-hmm. immediately are gathered from or vampires that are gathered from this vampire hunt, if you will. Yeah. Um, we. I don't know, like, that, just knowing that is, like, so, like, thrilling to me. Uh So there are multiple people trying to get into the tomb. The grimoire is kind of uh, in Damon's court for now, but who knows what will happen. Yeah. These MacGuffins end up passing hands multiple times. Uh, Bonnie and Elena have been kidnapped by Team Anna. Oh, yeah. And we don't know what's going to happen to them. And Stefan is just standing there like a dope, as per usual. Yep. Just trying to play Xbox with Jeremy. <laughs> hey, Stefan. Hey, Stefan. So, yeah, that was a very fast-moving episode. At the end, Beth said to me, is it just me or is that five minutes long? <laughs> it was. It went by so fast. Yeah. I really couldn't it believe it. And, yeah, as usual with the Vampire Diaries, a fucking lot happened. And it was extra great because we had some really quality flashbacks. I love the 1864 flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're the, I don't know, I feel like they're the lifeblood of this show because mm-hmm. I'm not invested in the present so much as if I understand like what actually happened in the past for yeah. sure. And there's such great outfits and hairdos. Oh yeah, the wide tie. Was that actually a thing? It looked like kind of an untied ascot or something that's what i like i thought it was an ascot but the way that they had it tied like i've never or maybe it was like after a hard day's work or something and they were like like halfway through it out who knows yeah i don't know but the outfits were very glorious as were the hairdos i was a fan it's also really fun in the flashbacks to get to see nina dobrev playing Catherine because elena can be kind of like a wet blanket and just like no fun very boring, passive person, but as Catherine, she gets to really ham it up. Yeah, I loved that. And it's like, it's kind of Bella Swan syndrome, because like, I love Kristen Stewart, like, a lot, but in Twilight, she's just so boring and terrible, and you would think she can't act to save her life, but it's really just such a terrible character. Yeah. And Elena isn't as bad as Bella, but it's sort of the same effect, that you don't really realize that Nina Dobrev is a really great actress until you get to see her playing Catherine. No, I totally agree. Like, in this scene where she was kind of, like, seducing Stefan and was mm-hmm. like, I'm in charge, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you get yours, girl, even mm-hmm. though I don't agree with what you're doing, but also, yeah. like, go. <laughs> He deserves it. Yeah. Like, retroactively. <laughs> True. <laughs> He's just paying for future sins. But, yeah. Love you, girl. Nino Dobrev. Come yes. on the show as Catherine. Oh, my God. Maybe <laughs> we'll get to that point. We would love any guest stars from the show, including except, extras. Except for Jeremy Gilbert. Sorry, you can't come on the show. <laughs> All right. Mike, can, Mike, our previous guest star, can host his own episode with... He can Jeremy. have the Vampire Man Diaries with Stephen R. McQueen. <laughs> Not in any way affiliated with this podcast. No. <laughs> now I'm just really scared that Stephen R. McQueen is going to listen to this and feel really sad. Oh, well, don't take it personally. We don't know you your life. You didn't write that character. We don't know your life. I'll check your Wikipedia, man. Okay. So, yes. Uh, end of the episode. Very exciting. Lots of flashbacks. Very intriguing. Yes. Uh, who did we want to punch? <sighs> okay, so I have two, but I'm going to start with mine. You go yours, and then if you haven't said mine, I'll go again. Okay. Um, I want to punch Giuseppe Salvatore. Ooh, okay. That man poisoned his sons to catch a vampire. Yeah. 
Like, so he had to his catch suspicions. a predator. <laughs> to catch a predator. He's like, have a seat. Um, yeah, that was just, like, really fucked up. Especially, like, I know that Stefan's kind of, like, a goody two-shoes, but I did respect that he went to Giuseppe and was like, we can't, like, classify this whole breed of people or whatever, like, as horrible when we don't know about each and every one of them. Mm-hmm. And then Giuseppe's like, ah, ha, ha, fuck you, no, they're demons <laughs> from hell. I'm gonna kill your girlfriend. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. I understand, like, the instinct to protect your child, but I also, like, don't understand... Like, I don't feel like he was doing it for Stefan. No, I don't think so. He was so. using Stefan as a pawn to get to his goal. To, exactly. Like, the thing he really cared about. Yeah, and the founder's, like, main thing was, like, to get vampires under control. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be my punch. Okay. How about you? Uh, mine was Jonathan Gilbert. Oh, was nice. Was that your second one? Uh, it was... It was, like, tied for a second, okay. but you go ahead. Well, Jonathan Gilbert, uh, as you said, is kind of like 1864 Jeremy Gilbert, except not played by the same actor. <laughs> uh, he's just, like, so into his own, like, genius. He's like, I have this fancy compass, and I'm going to impress the ladies with it. And then the moment he finds out that Pearl is a vampire, he doesn't think about it. He doesn't consider, oh, maybe I was wrong about vampires. She's never done anything to me. Maybe I should hear her out. He just sells her out, and it's ice cold, and I want to punch him for it, because Pearl seems like a perfectly cool lady. No, Pearl's the best. And she's, like, a lot more sensible and controlled than Catherine, but Mm -hmm. she still has a sense of fun. Yeah, that was, like... She's raising this kid on her own, making potions. (laughs) (laughs) I wish You should be the lucky Jonathan Gilbert. Right? I know. Instead of just drawing your ghost demons, which will only be used in... 162 years for a history teacher to jack off to yeah and like you put your hands on her and now you're gonna throw her in a burning church uh, yeah that's fucked you up asshole i know so that's for two on the gilbert men that we've met so far i know i only hope better for elena's fake dad but at the same <laughs> time dead. the fact that he forged a birth certificate as a medical professional i feel like he's kind of online with the other gilberts but he did sacrifice his life so that Stefan could rescue elena so he can't be that bad that's true i don't think does one heroic act negate a life of being a total weenie <laughs> i mean that's a question for a philosopher or like St. Peter. This is true. This is a question for why are men? Yeah. Which, speaking of which, why are men? Oh, God. I feel like I already said it all with Jonathan Gilbert. I know. The only other thing I have to add here would be uh, the kidnapping of Bonnie Bonnie by Ben. Um, I feel like it adds almost an element of complexity now that we have a female vampire like in present day with like men working for her. I feel Mm -hmm. like the show has kind of like altered the gender roles a little bit with how we see like Catherine acting and how we see Anna acting. Mm -hmm. So I feel like maybe Ben kidnapping isn't necessarily so much of a why are men as why are Anna? why (laughs) Why is Anna? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I really like Anna though. Like, she was so shy and, like, quiet in 1864, but she's really, like, come into her own. Yeah. She has a purpose, and she just makes all these stupid-ass men do her bidding while trolling Jeremy Gilbert. What's not to love? <laughs> That's true. 
That's true. She's the true hero of the show. If it wasn't for the kidnapping Elena and Bonnie thing, then I know Bonnie's totally the best. We gotta like, protect she just wants her and get all her cause. mom back. Like, I know that's really sad. Yeah, she has pure intentions, sort of. We think we don't know what else she wants though. Yeah, We've that's only true. just met her. True, true. But trolling Jeremy Gilbert gets points. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, men were using women a lot in this episode, as usual. Like, Jonathan Gilbert using Pearl as, like, a place to put his hands. Ugh, <laughs> when doesn't using he? using Bonnie to get the grimoire. But the ladies are getting some of their own back with Elena lying to Damon, but then he goes and uses her as a pawn in his exactly. thing with Stefan. Anna uses all the men around her. Catherine uses the men. So I'm really cheering for the ladies to just be complete dicks and fuck over all of the men, even the ones that don't deserve it, just to, like, even things out. And I'm, I'm glad it's starting to, they're starting to work on it. Yeah, I'm happy too. I hope that, like, we kind of, like, keep up the same pace where we have, like, equally powerful, like, women characters as we do men characters, even mm-hmm. if they're both, like, committing, like, atrocious sins. At least it's, like... <laughs> Equal opportunity, evil. <laughs> E-O-E. Yes. That would be a good band name. It would. Should that be our, like, last segment? (laughs) Every show? Like, what What punk rock band band name can we make out of the things from this season? Romantic grave digging. (laughs) All right. uh, So who should have done it? Oh, my goodness. I'm still deciding. Do you want to start? I, like, can't decide. Weirdly, I kind of wanted... Damon and Aunt Jenna to have a little fling. I felt the chemistry there. Yeah, and it's weird and creepy, but, and, like, you know, she's seeing Alaric, but it's not serious yet. Like, they seemed like they could have, you know, had a quickie and then just forgotten about it and moved on. Especially because Aunt Jenna was like, oh my god, he's so hot. Oh yeah, he, like, she pulls Elena aside during family night to say he's super hot. And, of course, he can hear it with his vampire hearing. And he gets all smug, and then Elena stage whispers, he's an ass. Yeah, and then he rolls his eyes in a very, like, cartoonish fashion. While beating Jeremy at an Xbox game. Of course, boo Jeremy. Yeah, so, you know, I want better for Aunt Jenna, but Damon's probably a good lay, and, like, she's not going to be his focus. She's just incidental, and they could, you know, work out some frustration as Jenna works her way up to writing uh, Alaric's D. True. I respect that. Because he's preoccupied right now. He is. He's got a lot on his plate. Yeah. Hmm. I don't want anyone to do it in this episode. (laughs) The only person I can think of is Pearl and anyone but Jonathan Gilbert. Like, I wish that there was someone else in the town that was, like, good to her. Yeah. um, And respected her ability to create awesome potions. And Well, there were, like, 25 other vampires (laughs) We yeah. didn't get to meet any of them yet, but maybe one of them could be good. Yeah, one of them. One of these people that I don't know yet. But I want Pearl to get hers before she goes into the Tomb of Death, because yeah. Catherine certainly was. Oh, yeah. And then some. <laughs> she was getting hers and, like, three other people. Yeah. All right. So quite an exciting, fast-moving episode. Um, it answers some questions and opens up some more. I. Uh, I'm really looking forward to more flashbacks. I know, Me too. I know there's at least one more flashback episode, probably more than that. Oh, good. This was a big one. Yeah, this one was great. 
So last week we neglected to do our uh, most important segment, Mystic Follows, uh, where you can find us on the World Wide Web. Uh, first of all, we would love for you to find us on iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review. We currently do not have enough ratings to display an aggregate rating, and we would love to see any number of stars up there. If you would like to write a glowing or hateful review, please feel free. We love to read about ourselves. We do. You could also find us on a variety of social media sites. So you can find us on Facebook by searching The Vampire Diaries Diaries or facebook.com backslash The VD Diaries. The VD Diaries. Yes. Um, The VD Diaries is also our Tumblr handle. That is right. And we also have um, an Instagram handle which I believe is the VD Diaries podcast with underscores between all of the words. Um, apparently somebody had already jacked our handle there before. Who, okay, if you have the Instagram handle, the, the <laughs> underscore VD underscore diaries, please explain yourself. <laughs> yes, where is your podcast? Is your feed just pictures of infected genitals? Oh no, I didn't even think about that. And so I wish you a speedy recovery. Yes. Bless you. So yeah, hit us up, add us, follow us, like us, poke us. Complain about us. Please don't dox us, but anything else. We don't need that in our lives. And most of all, have a great week. Try not to get roofied by your dad. Words for the wise. (laughs) Mozzarella.